0: Travellers, and welcome to Podcast 90 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Simon Calder.
1: And me, Mick Webb. And as British summertime ends, a new era is Mm. beckoning for international travel. So uh, we're going to be combing our respective memory banks in order to discuss the highlights and lowlights of those countries that are no longer on our COVID pariah list. And we're talking particularly here
0: about the five nations that have been on the UK's red list requiring hotel quarantine ever since that unfortunate register was created in mid-February. Now, the fearful five have a couple of things in common. They're all in Latin America and between us, Mick and I have spent rather a lot of time in them, partly together, but more often apart. And we are going to give you the benefit of our experiences from Caracas to Quito.
1: Ah, But before we provide those pocket guides, let's have a look at the uh, response on Twitter to our last podcast, the Arabian Sites. Your photo, Simon, of the uh, ancient fortress at Diriya Gate on the outskirts of the Saudi capital, Riyadh, got a lot of likes. And uh, the small furry animal whose picture I tweeted was also quite popular. It's a rock hyrax.
0: Well, you say that. According to Sarah Bouchin, who tweeted, this is a dassey that you find on Table Mountain in Cape Town. Aren't they the same creatures? Alistair Martin Henderson kindly confirmed one and the same.
1: And yes, I have looked it up since. And uh, the hyrax dassie or as uh, some people call it, the rock rabbit, is actually quite widespread across sub-Saharan Africa and the Middle East. It's quite a charming looking little rodent. And uh, interestingly, it's in the same family as the elephant, would you believe? Mm. It has quite sort of um, long incisors, which I suppose at a pinch you could imagine were um, embryonic tusks. And it <laughs> It actually appears to live in quite democratically run colonies.
0: Well, talking of democracy, which I guess is the um uh, the, the miniature elephant in the room, this is a concept, of course, that isn't as widespread as the hyrax across the Middle East. You'll recall last week we talked about the opening up of tourism to Saudi Arabia, where power is vested in the royal family, political opposition is suppressed, most notably, of course, when Saudi agents traveled to Istanbul to assassinate and dismember the the dissident journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Homosexuality is punishable by severe penalties, according to the UK Foreign Office, and women face institutional discrimination in every aspect of life.
1: This uh, grim litany was noted on a poster which was displayed last week at Selhurst Park when my team Crystal Palace played Newcastle United, who had just been bought by Saudi Arabia. Mark Wilson contacted us to say, the sad truth is that most football fans live in a bubble and aren't bothered about human rights as long as the results on the pitch go their way. I admit to being guilty of this also, that's Mark speaking. I'd sacrifice all my morals to have what Manchester City and Chelsea have got. I've got to say that after um, uh, the recent round of matches, Mark, um, Crystal Palace managed to beat Manchester City, with all their morals intact, so you don't need to sell out.
0: Um, and I need to know, Mick, if there's any truth in the rumour that Crystal Palace is going to rename its home ground, uh, not uh, Selhurst Park, but um, Moral High Ground.
1: <laughs> well, we do need a new ground, but uh, I'm, I wonder if the uh, Holmesdale fanatics would be in, um, in favour of that, that idea.
0: These, of course, are the fans who put up the banner, which I'm glad to say during the week was cleared by the police of being offensive and illegal. Oh, dear. Anyway, that's quite enough football politics for now. On to the main course and November is only four hours old when the UK finally accepted that arrivals from five of the Latin America's most fascinating countries no longer posed an existential threat. But of course, anybody from Ecuador, Peru, Colombia, Venezuela, or Panama who arrived back before that magic moment must complete their 11 night sentence in hotel
1: quarantine. Yes, and the removal of the red list, uh, which uh, also benefits latecomers to the hotel quarantine party, Haiti and the Dominican Republic, means that you can now travel to all those uh, splendid Latin American nations without having to pay over £2,000 for hotel quarantine on your return. But the question remains, do they actually want us? Simon, I think we're in your territory here. Uh, generally
0: if you've completed a course of vaccination at least two weeks ago then you can get into these places um, have a look on the foreign office website to find out what the particular rules are whether that going to peru involves wearing two masks um, (laughs) or in the case of venezuela where you have to carry 60 dollars in cash to have a pcr test immediately on arrival but mick um You actually lived in Venezuela before PCR tests had even been heard of.
1: I certainly did. It was quite a long time before the Marxist, uh, I suppose we could say, experiment, um, which uh, now has sadly uh, run off the rails, I think, uh, obviously, with a little help from the United States. But I've got to say that it, it was an absolutely brilliant experience living there. I was a teacher in a very small town called Trujillo um halfway up the Andes whose only claim to fame apparently was that Simon Bolivar the great 19th century liberator um who uh, who managed to um rid uh Colombia of the the Spanish uh, colonizers uh, actually spent a night there um there wasn't a lot <laughs> else going on in in uh, in, in uh, Trujillo. Uh, and how many nights did you spend there? And is there a monument to your stay? Don't know. I, I'll, I'll have to go back and check. Um, what was very good about uh, uh, living in Trujillo was that uh, for some bizarre reason, and possibly because <clears throat> of the Bolívar uh, connection, it had one of the state-run hotels. It was modelled on the Spanish... Um, Parador system, where you got kind of five star um, hotel experience for what I suppose you could call three star rates, um, and uh, these these hotels were uh, scattered around at all of the um, tourist um, spots in in Venezuela, and uh, because I got to know and and became quite friendly with the manager of that hotel, um, he actually took me and my fellow teachers on trips to the other hotels so we went to uh, we went up, we went up onto the um, uh, absolutely um, astonishing altiplano uh, which is uh, Called the Paramo, mm. which is a very high plain um, above the tree level, but kind of below the snow line. If you see what I mean, where the weirdest plants, kind of uh, uh, things called frailejones, which are sort of a kind of strange mixture between a kind of uh, sunflower and a palm tree, they kind of uh, loom out of the out of the mist, along with llamas <laughs> and alpacas and things. Uh, that was quite good fun. And then we went down to uh, uh, Coro. Where there's this incredible uh, landscape of dunes, and um, and we also went to see Angel Falls, which is a, an absolutely astonishing sight. Oh, wow. It is the highest waterfall in the world, although it, it's 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 um, it's flow doesn't match that of, uh, of some of the other biggies like uh, Iguazu, and you can still actually uh, only get to it by um, either by dugout canoe, uh, which obviously takes you to the bottom of it, or by forking out um, plenty of money and um, flying past it in a light plane. Uh, but not actually landing on it
0: as Jimmy Angel did when he gave his name to the falls. Uh... Uh, we, we haven't discussed Caracas, which, um, of course, was um, became celebrated in the UK in the film Gregory's Girl, where I think the closing scene was two young Scottish lads hitchhiking with a sign saying Caracas, please, um, because they had heard in presumably an embryonic Wikipedia entry that um, uh, Caracas had more females, a higher proportion of females to males than any other city in the world. Um, but that's not why you went there.
1: <laughs> I can't possibly comment. I didn't spend in, in enough time in Caracas, actually, which um, uh, wasn't and still isn't the most um, attractive city in the world. Well,
0: uh, you say that. I, I really, really got to, to, to like it in the early 1990s. And that was because the Venezuelan airline, Viasa, used to be the cheap way in to Latin America for pretty much everybody, wherever you wanted to go from uh, Rio to Lima to Buenos Aires, um, the place you you would go to what we uh, fondly called a bucket shop in those days and get a cheap ticket on Viasa and you've got to stop over in Caracas more or less whether you wanted one or not the airport itself is beautifully located right on the Caribbean coast, you've got an amazing mountain range that that, that, um, uh, bars the way between that and Caracas so the journey in from the airport is very exciting and for a time it seemed to work it seemed to be a really exciting uh, new mostly new city fueled by the oil boom and um, I I have nothing but happy memories of the place.
1: I'm glad to hear that but I think in terms of traveling uh, there now or in the foreseeable future there is next to no uh, international uh, tourism Well if we go back
0: to the time you were in Venezuela of course there was a dysfunctional neighbour in the shape of Colombia and now those roles have changed completely and Colombia is the uh, shining Latin American star in tourism terms I would suggest.
1: Yeah my son went there one of my sons went there a couple of years ago he said it was the best holiday he'd ever had. Um, I think it's particularly well organized um for uh, you know younger travelers and backpackers uh, with a number of absolutely must see places uh, and really decent hostels and he said although he was slightly ashamed um as uh, uh, cop 26 um begins to say that uh, the Uh, the the, uh, (laughs) network of internal flights was second to none and incredibly cheap. He said that he flew to the Mm. holiday island of San Andres, which for some utterly bizarre reason um, is Colombian, although it is about a thousand miles off the uh, Colombian coast in the Caribbean. His flight there cost him about the same as a uh, National Express coach ticket from London to Manchester he said. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, and and some would say it's uh, even more exotic when you get there I'm lucky enough to have been there, it is uh, yes, a long way from the Colombian mainland, but uh, just off the coast of Nicaragua and while you are there, if you can buy another cheap flight just to hop across to Providenciales which is the uh, most beautiful Caribbean fragment I know of, but Colombia is just so diverse you have what many people would say is the most beautiful colonial city in the world in the shape of Cartagena uh, and you've got exciting places now to go to like uh, Medellin, like Cali um, other uh, there's there's, of course plenty of of, of pre-Columbian um, uh, history everywhere, and uh, an absolute joy to be in. Great food, great drink, great people. What's not to like, Mick?
1: Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And um, uh, I seem to remember that the uh, one of their recent um, tourist slogans was Colombia, where the only risk is wanting to stay. Whereas, of course, when we went on our um, slightly um, confused um, expedition across the Darien Gap, Uh, There were several other quite significant risks, um, like, for example, being kidnapped um, or indeed being caught in the crossfire between uh, a a guerrilla um, group and, uh, and the paramilitaries.
0: Well, and I think it's still fair to say that the Darien Gap remains the most formidable, impenetrable uh, frontier in the world. This is a a, a stretch of jungle about 100 miles long, all the way from the uh, Atlantic to the uh, uh, Pacific coast. And even now, the Foreign Office warns this is a dangerous area renowned for the presence of several illegal armed groups, illegal migration and drugs trafficking. Um, so lots of reasons not to go there. Uh, avoid crossing between Panama and Colombia by land, they still say, and I think they said that when we decided to cross between Panama and Colombia by land, um, which uh, was a great adventure, uh, which we su- evidently survived and um, takes us neatly on to uh, Panama, that uh, uh, weird and, and wonderful
1: nation. Yes, Panama, what a great place that is. I've been several times uh, including on our own um, epic trek um which became an epic voyage in the end, didn't it, on that uh, tramp steamer up the coast through the San Blas Islands. And uh, Panama has got some great islands. Uh, it's, it's got uh, the San Blas uh, islands which are a kind of protected homeland for for the Gunayala people. Um which is well worth a well worth a visit um and then at the other end of the country it's got the Bocas del Toro islands which are a um uh, something of a hippie paradise i think it would be fair to say and both of them of course both sets of islands um absolutely um, uh, well provided um with Beautiful uh, white sand and turquoise seas and wonderful coloured fish uh, and that sort of thing.
0: Uh, yes, and uh, I. But the, the the thing which I particularly love about Panama is that the capital city, unlike every other Central American capital city, is actually a very beautiful and attractive place in its own right. Of course, on the ocean um right where the uh, panama canal starts and uh, an absolute joy to be there i would be very very happy to uh, to return there as soon as i possibly can and they've also got uh, some some pretty impressive um spanish colonial ruins of, of, of uh, in in the shape of um uh, panama viejo which is a, 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 a terrific location and the the canal itself goodness me what a creation. Uh, yes, it cost enormous number of human lives, but it is pretty jolly impressive.
1: It is indeed one of the wonders of the, I suppose we could call it modern world or the industrialised world. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to the coffee highlands. Ah. They're kind of centred around a um, a town called Boquete, um, which is a bit of an expat mecca. Um, lots of uh, buildings have been built Bought, um by uh Canadians and Americans uh, retirees i think they call them who um have taken advantage of panama's extremely generous um uh tax and investment incentives um <laughs> and uh, to uh, settle down there it's certainly um during the uh, uh the winter periods in their home countries but up in this cloud forest i suppose it is um you will find um a number of coffee estates uh, coffee fincas um, which you can go on um tours around and it's absolutely fascinating because up there they grow um the world's greatest coffee the world's finest mm. coffee which is called geisha and it really <laughs> does have an extraordinary flavor sort of coffee like but smooth and creamy that's without any cream in it I hard to describe but um, worth trying
0: uh, and I must say it sounds an awful lot more appealing than the other really expensive coffee in the world which is um the Filipino uh, coffee which is um uh, how can I put it passed through the digestive system of the palm civet before people drink it. Uh, Anyway, one thing you're not going to find in uh, Panama very easily is a Panama hat. If you want one of those, then off you go to uh, Ecuador, a country that I just absolutely love, all the way from the capital Quito to the uh, big port city of Guayaquil, across to the Galapagos, of course, and then best of all, the village of eternal youth. Yes, this is a place called Vilcabamba, and it's in the south of the country. It took quite a bit of getting there, um, a number of buses, but it was worth it because... um I got there and found a a big billboard saying the only place on earth where years are added to your life and life is added to your years and uh, the oldest uh, citizen who very sadly died in 1975 this was Jose David um he was 144 and um uh, before he died uh, he um, he attributed to his his survival to uh quote pure tobacco pure alcohol and pure sex um And then uh, many, many people there and they do look young and there are some reasonable grounds. It's fairly high altitude. People tend to have a good, uh, good diet there and uh, it 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 feels very healthy you're about a mile high um nice benign territory of course um uh, lots of uh, bananas and origins, uh, oranges and of course uh, being being pretty hilly you need to um to walk around so therefore uh, it, it gives you now, every, everything is pointing in the right direction. And um, I was there in 2004, Mick, um, at, at which point I, I, I had, um, uh, well, how can I put it? Left my 20s behind. Um and the uh, I, the taxi driver who took me to the airport um, asked me actually if I was a student, but this might have been simply because he was after a substantial tip, which, of course, he got.
1: Well, that should be on everybody's bucket list. I'm certainly going to add it to mine. And uh, it's interesting that that uh, Vilcabamba is the city of eternal youth because um, we um, trekked uh, to another Vilcabamba, which is uh, beyond um, the Inca Trail in Peru and of course the Inca Trail is on uh, lots of people's uh, bucket lists and we've managed to tick it off ours but um, uh, I I have very fond memories of the uh, Vilcabamba La Vieja, Old Vilcabamba which was uh, another um, Inca ruin but one where we managed to scrape the jungle off um stone um artifacts which definitely uh, were um left there by the incas it
0: it is an extraordinary place not easily accessible i think it took us we 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 warmed up with a uh, with the inca trail to machu picchu and then after an overland and over river journey of considerable complexity and effort uh, i think we got there about a week later um, and emerging from there was um, almost as, as as tricky but we we both survived however that that is a niche activity in a uh, nation where actually the main attraction is the sacred valley this is the uh, astonishing inca heartland um that uh, you can reach very easily from their former imperial capital Cusco um but you've also got the amazon basin uh which is uh, uh, constant uh, excitement
1: sorry yes sorry to interrupt that's got a city which i would love to go to which is the uh um, the largest city in the world, uh, which doesn't have any roads to it, it is uh, it is actually on the River um, Amazon, and you can only uh, fly to it or get there by boat. And that's a very very interesting um, place, Iquitos.
0: But also a shout out for Lima, which in the nineteen nineties was a was a dark and gloomy place. Of course, the Shining Path, the Sendero Luminoso, the uh, Maoist. Uh, Rebels were causing all sorts of mayhem around the country then. But now it has really brightened up and it is a joy to be in the capital city.
1: Yeah, the the only problem really is that all of that coastline, uh Peruvian coastline, is bedeviled during the sort of summer season when you might like to go and sample its uh, very nice uh, beaches and coastline by a weird kind of... Um, cloudy mist which which shrouds it for sort of days on end uh, i don't know quite why it's some kind of uh, meteorological phenomenon which makes it a little less attractive than uh, than uh, some uh, seaside areas but do you know where i would go actually if i could go back there tomorrow um, i would uh, well i'd go to lake titicaca which i i haven't been to which of course astonishing high lake which is shared with um, bolivia Uh, Peru and and Bolivia and uh, I would like to go to a city called um, Arequipa Mm. um, which is called the white city and unlike many white cities the world over which have mostly been uh, kind of stained by um, uh, diesel smoke and don't have much white left in Mm. them I mean for example uh, Merida in Mexico um, and uh, Belgrade uh, um, in in um, Serbia, uh, Arequipa actually is built of white volcanic stone, and the photographs are quite incredible. It's got the most beautiful Plaza de Armas, which is the sort of standard name for the central square in, in in Peru, with arcaded white buildings. It's also within very easy uh, traveling range of a absolutely astonishing canyon, the Colca. Canyon, Mm. uh, where you can go and you can see um, the incredible uh, Andean bird uh, really quite close up the condor, the massive um, condor. Um, And also overlooking Arequipa, uh, there's a volcano which I think is called El Misti, which you can actually climb up Mm. um, in a two day hike. Although I think you do, it's quite high, so it's 19,000 uh, feet. So I presume you have to stay a night for, um, uh, you know, altitude um, purposes. But um, that all looks very good fun to me. Uh, yes, I
0: will join you there. So we do need to um, uh, decide, Mick, if I insisted you pick one of those countries for all your future journeys, which of those famous five would it be?
1: Oh, well, that's a very interesting one. Um I think I've done Panama, and I I fear that uh, Venezuela is going to be a bit of a no go area. So uh, I think I would uh, either Colombia or Peru. Um, not sure which.
0: Uh, well, I, I I'm going to go for Colombia because that is a, a safe bet. Um, but also, uh, assuming that Venezuela finally opens up and um, returns to. Uh, Uh, something like normal, not that you'll ever find that anywhere in Latin America that I know, Um, I'm going to have Venezuela on the top of my list to go to because you absolutely sold it to me. And of course, we welcome your Favorite places in Latin America and anywhere else, you can tweet us at you should have BT, or you can leave a message for us at anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there, and you can follow the uh, instructions to record us a very nice one minute audio message.
1: And finally today, um, we've introduced a new feature to You Should Have Been There, in which you can ask us a travel question, which we will discuss in as much detail as we possibly can.
0: Henrietta, Hussey has been in touch to say great news that the eu now recognises our nhs covid pass we're off to rome we wondered if we'd need to get tested whilst there to gain access to restaurants and museums or will the qr code we've got on our phones work well yes while lots and lots of other things were happening at the end of the week um it, the european commission uh, quietly added the uk and armenia to the list of um, almost 20 countries whose jab records are now being recognized. And that is terrific news because it means that um, unlike, for example, in the Netherlands, where you have had previously to be tested every single day um, and uh, other similar uh, problems elsewhere, you now simply show your NHS QR code. There is no need to download anything special. Um, Previously in Italy, for instance, the Verifica C19 app, or in France, the Covid app, you had to kind of uh, download. You don't need to do that anymore. It should make travel to the European Union um, all the easier.
1: Oh, well, that is good news. And uh, we're going to be staying with Italy next week and answering a question from Silas, who doesn't know Italy very well and has uh, seven days uh, to um, plotter trip around it so um i would say that a week is too short a time in italy but um uh we will be looking into that and trying to work out the best way of spending it uh, yes
0: and we're very very keen to know your favorite italian city your best stretch of coastline your best journey within italy of course do tweet us at you should have bt for now though for me simon calder
1: and me, Mick Webb. Goodbye. Goodbye.